Hello, you're listening to episode 10 of Beardy Dads with me, Rue Reynolds. And me, Nick O'Leary. I'm a father of one. Uh, we have a 10, or what is he now, 11-week-old boy called Oliver. And I'm the father of two. I've got a three-and-a-half-year-old boy called Toby. And the new arrival, five-week-old Lauren. Beardy Dads! So, Rue, what have you been up to this week? This week, Nick, uh, we had our first ever trip to Marwell Zoo. Oh, lovely. It's great there. I think I got this idea from you, actually. I knew that you and Joe had been annual season ticket holders for a while. Yeah, yeah. So in our first week of being members, uh, we've been twice already. That's <laughs> it's good. great. I think it's like you've got to be about four or five times to, for it to be worth it, so you're well in your way. Yeah, it's a bargain. It seems like, you know, for 50-odd quid or whatever it is for a ticket each, and it would cost you £14 to go each time, it takes the pressure off. You don't have to make a day of it. You can just wander around for half an hour if you want to. Yeah, and that's certainly how we use it. It's it's a nice, dry place to go for a walk. Mm-hmm. If it's been torrential rain, you know, all the country parks we normally go to will be deep in mud. Marwell's just an easy place to go. And as you say, if you end up going in for half an hour and then going off for lunch, it doesn't matter. No, it's good, and it's got some um, big swings and climbing frames and stuff is toby at the age now where he's enjoying that stuff absolutely has been for a long time but we we tend to try and avoid that stuff in Mm. part that's less enjoyable for us if we're going there so we we have our routes picked through the zoo that handily detours around the the big playground okay you miss out the big slide and the big uh the big climbing stuff yeah if we're just dipping in if if we're going for a longer day then absolutely we'll we'll go to the playground for a bit but um yeah, if it's just like a, a couple of hours before lunch or something like that, then yeah, we've, we've got some set routes. And it's quite nice because Toby now knows it so well, he can navigate his route and he can pick the order we go see things. And does he have animals that he particularly likes going back to sea? There are some firm favourites. Um, so for anyone who's been to Marwell, you come pretty much straight across the penguins. So you, you have to start with the penguins. And at that point, you can either choose to carry on up the hill to the flamingos or you go round anti-clockwise and you go to the anteater next. Oh, we didn't see the anteater today, but I know where you mean. The anteater's quite near the pygmy hippos. That's right, yeah. So it's basically, do you do the clockwise route or the anti-clockwise route? It depends how far you got round last time as to what you go see next. Interesting. Well, I've totally fallen in love with the red panda and the snow leopard. I can't wait to go back and see the red panda again. Oh, yes, the, I mean, the snow leopard cubs, they only arrived uh, a couple months ago. Oh, exciting. Mm. Yeah, no, Marwell Zoo, firm favourite with us already, and uh, I think a place that has now been added to our list of, uh, mm. of of day trips. You've got to find your places where you can just go for a walk with a buggy, whatever the weather, and mm. you know, somewhere where it's going to keep the kids entertained, and, and it, it is so worth it. Yeah, I think twice in a week is about right. I don't think we'll be going again tomorrow, but it was, I was a little bit tempted. What have you been up to this week? Have you, have you had any firsts? This week's been a fairly quiet week. Uh, we did, I know I mentioned before, um, sometimes we, we are being a bit lazy with changing Lauren's nappy. We just put the changing mat on the bed, on our bed, mm. and change it. And a couple of nights ago, we had a particularly uh, disrupted night. And... Um, Joe took slightly too long to change the nappy, and there was an explosion. Oh dear. And we did have to change the duvet cover, yeah. So the mat wasn't big enough for this explosion? No, it it, it, it flew. So, um, oh, nice. Yeah, that, that wakes you up at 4am. <laughs> We've talked about 
changing mats and and uh, changing stations and things in the past. But you do have a a, a thing, don't you? A unit that you you have the changing mat on usually. Yeah, so you can have changing units. So it's got all the wipes and nappies, whatever you're using, all to hand. Yeah. yeah. Regular listeners will remember your your cap bowls fondly. Yeah, the cap bowl is as the cheap tip. I have to admit, this time round, we didn't do that. I, having said it was a top tip to save some money, yeah. we happened to be in kiddie care when we were buying bath bits, and they just had the slightly more expensive bowl there. <laughs> I think we were tired, so we just just bought that. Although, with Lauren, we we have actually moved to using disposable wipes rather than the water and cotton wool all the time. So have we, actually. We've just got to the age now where um, wipes seem like they're not going to be too harmful to his to his very very sensitive bottom yeah so yeah we've just moved on to wipes we're not particularly stuck on one particular brand at the moment we're trying out different things yeah but it's a lot more convenient isn't it oh it's so much more convenient we already have a huge stockpile of them from the various (laughs) supermarkets i mean we we tend to get sainsbury's own brand wipes i but that's just because that's where we do our weekly shop so i don't know whether it was NCT class or one of the midwives but I very firmly had in my head that for the first four weeks or so that babies don't really need any products so Mm. shampoos or soaps or wipes or anything like that Um, and I think we we were pretty heavily sold on the idea of just all you need is water and some cotton wool and maybe a flannel yeah I think it was probably after about five or six weeks that we moved on to the disposable wipes right I mean, here's a question for you. How often do you bathe? At the moment, every evening. For the first couple of months, it was probably more like once or twice a week. Right. But yeah, now we're trying to have the evening bath yeah. as part of a sort of calming down, getting ready for bed ritual. Right. Uh, so yeah, it hasn't been absolutely every day, but for the last couple of weeks, it's been pretty much every evening. Interesting. We've uh, had a little bath, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, we're still at the stage of once or twice a week. I mean, because... They're not, my lawn's not very active, they don't sweat. Yeah, um, and they don't get very dirty when they're little, little. No, but when you when you talk about products, I mean, Lauren's had quite dry skin, as babies okay. often do, so um, you, know, you end up getting all sorts of baby lotion or moisture, you know, baby moisturiser or whatever it might be, sort of epiderm, mm-hmm. moisturising cream, things like that. The two things we've been using uh, are... In the bath, we'll sometimes use just a little bit of aqueous cream, mm-hmm. which we have lying around anyway. And a midwife recommended, in the first few days, recommended a cream that, I'm not totally sure on the pronunciation, but is it bipanthin? Have you, have you come across that one before? Yeah, I know of bipanthin. I, I can't remember if we've ever used it. Bipanthin is like a really super thick cream, mm. so you only need a tiny, tiny bit of it. But yeah, it's magic stuff. So whilst, whilst we're talking about the bits down there... Um, we've had some responses to our appeal to the audience for what you call a baby girl's bits. I think yes. I think it was evident you and I were struggling last week. I have no idea, and luckily don't have a girl whose bits I might need to talk about, but I was very very interested to know what you were doing about that. Yeah. We asked last week what other people do. Yeah, we've had, we've had lots of responses. Chris Beadle um, got in touch and said they ended up using just lady bits and said it wasn't a conscious choice but just something they just started started using that as well as 
sometimes front bottom, which I think was one we we mentioned last week. Yes, front bottom is nice and euphemistic. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Delgrano got in touch as well, uh, and he claims that his wife informed him from day one to call it tuppence. It just feels safe, he says. I think he might be having us on, but it's a really cute word. Uh, I quite like I, that. I have to. I'll back him up on that. That that's one I've seen used in these sorts of circumstances. Okay, that's it's nice. I, I'm quite liking tuppence. David George um, told me that he and his wife use Nunu. Is that one of the Teletubbies? A lot of the Teletubbies names seem seem to be popular for girl bits. They all work. I think it was Nunu. It, uh, we we had an in-person conversation at the beginning of the week about it, and um, I failed to write it down. But uh, La La definitely is one that I've heard yeah. heard used before. Although I don't think Tinky Winky quite works for a lady. Maybe for a boy for Tinky Winky, but all the other. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about Poe either. Poe might be a might be the odd one out. We had an email from Rachel Reynolds, who keen-eyed listeners will recognise as being my wife. She told me after she sent this that she didn't initially intend it to be anything more than just friendly advice for us. Uh, but hey, here goes anyway. She says, Nick, please don't air what you decide to call Lauren's lady area, exclamation mark. I would be mortified if my dad made a podcast and told the world what I called it, which, by the way, we called my wee wee. So, Rachel, if you're still listening to Beardy Dads, don't send any emails to podcast.beardydads.co.uk that you don't want us to read out. And of course, anyone else who does want to send us an email, do send it to podcast.beardydads.co.uk. Wee wee's a good one, actually, because just after Rachel emailed us, we also got an email from Isabel Ward saying, although she has a boy and they use wee-wee, that there's no reason you couldn't just do the same for a girl, as she thinks that's what's happened when she was growing up. Well, you've got a lot of choices now, Nick. You have a lot of options in front we of you. We have a lot of options. I think, as we said last week, it's, it's early days for having to come up with words. I don't know. I'll report back at a point where it feels like we've come up with what, what we're using, but certainly lots, lots of things to try out and see what works. Another question we talked about last week was reusable nappies, uh, and I shared that I was experimenting with them and we were just about to hit purchase on a big order of reusables. We had uh, a few people got in touch. Toby Joyce got in touch on Twitter and said that uh, he's just had 10 Baba and Boo nappies arriving, and uh, he reckons the designs are great and they're environmentally friendly as well, and asks us if we've considered reusables any further. Well, my news is we did hit purchase and we've now got 10 Bambino Mio reusables through the post. They're quite nice. I, I like the designs. They're, they're a tiny bit big on him still, so we'll probably hold off for another week or two before we try them properly. Funny enough, when we made that appeal, Bambino Mio themselves got in touch on Twitter and surprisingly enough, they recommend reusables, <laughs> which, as that's kind of their business, you, um, yeah. it's good to see them standing behind their own product. It's good, although they, they didn't say that we should use their product. They they just said reusables. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. And they did that just after I I bought some. So, uh, yeah, nice nice to hear from Bambino Mio. Pampers, if you're listening, do let us know what you think. Yeah, and if Bambino Mio are listening to the podcast as well as talking to us on Twitter, then, you know, if you want to send some samples, I don't think we're... <laughs> uh, I don't think that would be a problem. Nathan Delgrano also got in touch and pointed us in the way of cheeky wipes... And it's it's not one we really talked about. We talked about reusable nappies, but Cheeky Wipes are actually reusable wipes. So I've had a look at this website, cheekywipes.com. Initially, I thought, well, this just looks like flannels. And then I realised, actually, these are microfiber cleaning cloths. Right. Reusable wipes feel more palatable than reusable nappies to me. I can't put my finger on it, and that might be part of it, that with a disposable nappy, you're going to get rid of most of the waste. But with a, a hmm. wipe, just cleaning up a bit, you know, I'm quite used to 
to mopping and cleaning up with flannels anyway so yeah if you had a stack of of cloths on the side that you could wet and then wash them afterwards mm. yeah i mean it reminds me a bit of an early episode where you talked about your brother's approach to muzzies and to use the plain ones for mouths and use the the patterned ones as bum rags yes but i think that they were just using them just to dry the skin after the wipes had been oh, okay. used yeah rather than drying off rather yeah. than having a good wash yeah i'm with you so i guess if anyone else out there has, has got into reusable wipes do let us know how you get on if you use cheeky wipes or indeed if there's other brands out there or if you just roll your own and and you know cut some out of some uh I'm, I'm the only place I particularly use microfiber cloths is uh, cleaning the, the car. At the end of the day, it's a bit of cloth that you can keep damp. So Jeep Wipes also have these containers for both clean and dirty wipes so you to help manage, just manage that pile and keep them damp, ready to hand. So, interesting. Keep the clean ones damp. <laughs> keep the clean ones damp and keep the dirty ones away from the clean ones. Locked up nicely, ready for the washing machine. Yeah. Thanks also to Peter Fletcher, who's been in touch this week and sent us a short recording. Uh, in this, he shares his approach to girl bits and also to reusable nappies. So here's Peter Fletcher. I have two daughters, one six months, one approaching five years. We have no official or informal policy on the naming of the parts. I think their mother and I are developing a strategy of hoping to avoid the whole subject until they move out at which point they can call them what they like. That's not a helpful answer to your call for advice on the topic, but it is close to an honest response to the issue, which I think has no solution. On disposable versus reusable nappies, I try to go through life being conscious of the impact I have on the environment and others with mixed results, but I weigh the small environmental impact of the disposable over the reusable against the huge impact on the comfort of the infant and ourselves. We tried cheaper brands of disposable nappy, Sainsbury's and Aldi own brands, for example, and they were leakier and more rash-inducing than the full-fat Pampers Active Fit. So, we splash out. Let's face it, the decision to activate a whole new human has such a massive environmental impact. Their lifetime footprint, they may be the one to finally figure out the trick to nuclear fusion that the difference between the two types of nappy regime is basically a rounding error. Try it though and see how it suits you. I grind my own coffee beans in a neat little machine every time I want a cup of coffee, which is hugely fiddly and messy and not obviously better than one of those do-it-for-me pod things, but it makes me happy. That's great, Peter. Thanks for that. Yes, thank you, Peter. And encouraging everyone else to send recordings of themselves in Look at how easy that was. Look at what Peter did there. He recorded that using a potato and it sounded absolutely fine. <laughs> and uh, if you've heard anything you want to comment on, do get in contact. Uh, so podcast at biddydaz.co.uk. Either your email thoughts or your recorded uh, voice, or you can tweet us at biddydads. So someone else who got in contact with a question was Toby Joyce. And he's asked, I guess it's kind of the elephant in the room with us, Rue, as a bearded expectant father... Is wondering how we deal with beards and baby sensitive skin. Hashtag stubble rash. <laughs> I like the use of the hashtag. I was thinking about this just a couple of weeks ago and I realised that because my beard's been with me for a few months now, it's not at that short, stubbly, prickly stage anymore. Uh, and it's actually quite quite soft and long and uh, I wouldn't say silky, but it's definitely not <laughs> like having a, a one week growth. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I do 
kiss him on the little nose and on, on his cheeks. And uh, he's not at the stage where he's enjoying kissing me back or anything, but he doesn't run away screaming. What about you? Well, certainly with Toby, I mean, I've, I've had my beard a bit longer, but um, I do... It's, it's a much better beard, Nick, we should say. You've got a full a full and luxuriant beard. Well, well thank you, Ruth. But I, I, <laughs> yours is getting there. It's on its way. <laughs> it's getting there. <laughs> Filling out the patchy bits. I do trim mine back occasionally. Not so it's stubble at all, but it's not long flowing beard. You're not a wizard. You don't I have am a not wizard a wizard, beard. no. So don't don't picture me as Gandalf here. Toby, you know, when we kiss him goodnight, he often tells me off for kissing him because I'm too stubbly. <laughs> um, it's turned into a bit of a game that I, I'll, I'll kiss him anyway just to just to tease him that I'm too stubbly. So I suppose, Toby, Joyce, as in the the person who got in touch rather than your son, uh, I suppose it probably depends on the length of your beard as to how much of a problem this might be. Yeah. If you're sporting some David Beckham-style designer stubble, then you might find that your baby finds it a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. But, yeah, once you're sufficiently wizardy, you'll be fine. Yeah. And I guess a good good measure is um, ask your wives. Yeah. Right, yeah. Is it prickly when you have a little kiss? If they don't enjoy it, chances are, nor will your child. We were talking earlier about um, bathing the kids. Now you're bathing Oliver more often. How are you finding that as a routine? Well, it's good. I think in the first episode, we talked about a a tip. My very first tip, I think, was a a sponge that my colleague Dave Mann suggested is a good thing to put at the bottom of the bath so that the baby doesn't slip around. And we've been using that for a while, actually. And he's, he's in this little plastic bath uh, which is probably one eighth of a bathtub in in Mm -hmm. volume it's a nice cute little thing Uh, and it's he's still got plenty of of growing that he can do into that but this week was the first week that we've actually put him in the real bath the big bath okay Um, and we both have now had a bath with him which is really good fun that is good fun the big difference of course to having a bath on your own is that you're running a much cooler bath so mm-hmm. the the thing I had to remember to do was not, not run it like I normally would, which is very, very deep and very, very hot. Right. And instead go for a, a slightly shallower bath um, and a slightly more tepid 26 degrees or whatever it is. We have a little um, little yellow duck with a thermometer around its, around its waist. Right. And its waist <laughs> around the bottom. You know, one of those things. Yep. Uh, and sometimes I'll remember to, to do that with his bath water. But I've got the hang of it now. And I suppose the tradition is to dip the elbow in. And yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. It was a nice nice time together, like proper dad bonding with son time, yeah. having him on my lap in the bath. It was really lovely, and he was kicking his legs around and seemed to be enjoying it. Brilliant. I remember doing that when Toby was little. It's then a bit of a struggle to get out. It it does rely on having having your partner there to rescue the baby so you can get out yourself. Yes, that's true. It would be difficult on your own, I expect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with two of you around, um, yeah, it was uh, it was nice, really fun, fun times, mm. and we've done it a couple of times now, and yeah, it's a nice a nice break from the the normal routine of bending over and yeah, bathing a baby, which I've noticed by the way that my back for the last week or so has been struggling a little bit mm. as he's getting heavier. There's a lot of bending and picking and carrying and lifting and yeah, you know, just lots of stooped over change. Yeah, if you, if your changing mat isn't at the right height then, yeah, it can really cause some agony there. Another tip. Yeah. Having a bath together, great fun, and look after your back. <laughs> yeah, having a bath with the baby, it does add that new sense of risk of, um, yeah, they'll happily wee in the bath. 
Yeah, the weeing I wasn't so worried about because I frankly I'll happily wee in the bath as well. But um, <laughs> the, the the risk of something a bit more explosive and and uh, colourful might might have uh, yeah been a bit scary. And so far we've been lucky; we haven't had any uh, yeah any mess. No, certainly on occasion. Um, I mean, it's been a long time since I've had a bath with Toby. He is three and a half now. Um, <laughs> but there will be occasions when I'll want to reuse the water after him. Right. And if you don't, do you, do you uh, trust that? These days you can, because he's you know he is toilet trained, um, so he knows to what, get out of the bath to have a wee, which he mostly does. Or, um, but yeah, there have been occasions in the past when I'm all ready to have a bath, and then you can just see from the look on his face that yeah, this water is probably not the best to have a <laughs> bath in. Because I think it's one thing to be in the bath at the time and just accept the fact. Your child's being in the bath with you in it. I mean, right. everyone's been to a swimming pool. Yeah. Everyone has swam through a cloud of a child's wee without realising it. But it's another to knowingly get in that water. <laughs> Steeping in someone else's urine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think, when, especially when they're really teeny tiny, there's only a, only a little sprinkle. Absolutely, yeah. Crazy dad. Nick, I notice we're both sounding a lot more awake this week than we did last week. Are you, uh, are you sleeping all right? Yeah, we're doing much better this week, actually. I think Lauren has done two or three nights of six hours. Nice. Which is good. That's uh, good. We've, we've had a couple nights in between those where it's every three hours or so. Those mornings have not been so bright and shiny in the morning. How about you? Yeah, it's similar, but just with different lengths of time. So a good night for us at the moment is four and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And a bad night is one and a half. Oof. So yeah, been quite variable this week. I've I've gone from one extreme to the other of feeling really well rested, like I do now actually. Last night yeah. was great. Um, to feeling almost unable to open my eyes, you know, not being able to think about how I can stand up and get to work in the morning. Mm. So Rue, any new iTunes reviews this week? There have been two new iTunes reviews this week, Nick. Brilliant. I'm delighted to say they're both five star reviews. Good stuff. Thank you, everyone. We would read them out even if they weren't five stars, of course. But the first one is by a, an iTunes user called Squidgy Ruta. And it seems that he might also go by Daniel Richardson. And he says, love this podcast. As a first time dad with a beard myself, I was very inexperienced and getting all kinds of mixed advice, especially from health experts. The lighthearted manner of the show makes it very easy to take on board some great tips. Keep up the good work, lads. Well, thank you, Daniel. And... Um, Anyone who's listening to this, and especially listening to it for any sort of medical advice, definitely shouldn't be. But uh, yeah, glad you're enjoying it. Uh, Russell Thorne's also got in touch with a review entitled Hilarious Yet Functional. And he says, Recently moved to the USA from Southampton, and am now the proud parent of our 10-week-old son. I've been thrown into the USA way of healthcare, but from listening to your podcast, it's nice to know it's not too different than back home. I, I would say the bill's slightly different. But yeah, I, uh, I fear for anybody who has to deal with healthcare in the US. He continues, loving the slightly geeky, in brackets, in a good way, chats about techie gadgets, especially the tip about creating an email address for your child and emailing photos and messages. I'd recommend doing this to anyone as it's a great way to feel connected with your child. I actually got quite emotional on my first few messages. Thanks. Keep the podcast coming. That's lovely. Thank you, Russell. Um, um, nice to hear another fellow Southamptonite. Is that what we call ourselves, Nick? I have no idea. Southamptoner, perhaps. <laughs> and it's also nice to hear, um, picking up that tip about the email address, I have to say it's, a, it's another one 
I've got all the intention to do something about that. But it is one I like the idea of starting and I, I don't feel too hung up on getting it done from day one. Hmm. At some point, just being able to chronicle some of the stories of, of our lives and their growing up stories. Yeah, nice idea. We've also had a review come in from the mainstream media room. The Daily Telegraph. I wasn't really expecting this, Nick, but they uh, they featured us last week as one of the best podcasts of the week. So, uh, yeah, hello to all of the new listeners. Yes, hello to our, our new listeners. Um, do get in touch if, if you've found us via the Telegraph. Yeah, no, they, they had some nice things to say about our gentle broadcast manner. <laughs> they do claim we might sound a bit new age, but actually rather level-headed. Okay, I'm glad that the level-headed snuck in there to balance out the new age. I don't yeah. feel particularly new age myself. I'm slightly concerned it was our, our discussion of hypnobirthing may may have tipped the balance there. See, I think you sounded a little bit cynical about hypnobirthing, Nick. Well, that that's what I hope to get across. But, you know, <laughs> cynicism and irony don't necessarily translate if you if you can't see the person talking. So That's um, true. So, um, yeah, thank you, Daily Telegraph. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not a newspaper I read personally, but it's it's nice to be noticed, I suppose. Absolutely. And... You know, it, it was a proud moment to send a link to an article in a mainstream newspaper, although I did have to end with an apology for it being the Telegraph. <laughs> oh, Rue, hot off the press. Uh, mm. Whilst we've been talking, we're, we're getting some tweets in. Live tweet fodder. Anton has pointed us the way of thenappylady.co.uk, a site with uh, lots of information about reusable nappies. Looks like they've got lots of advice, a huge range of different types. And all the sorts of accessories you might want to go with it. Nice, I'm looking now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it looks like they, they stock quite a few different lines. I'll be having a look there and seeing whether there's any bits and bobs uh, that I should be picking up. Yeah, sorry, I'm massively distracting myself by reading the website. Thank you, Anton. We've also had a tweet just as we just we started recording from Aaron Ashmore, a previous contributor. He's interested in the topic of baby naming. How, how do you come up with names? Um, he's got seven weeks to go now till the arrival of his baby. And he's no clue what to call it. I wonder if Aaron knows whether he's having a girl or a boy. I mean, certainly we didn't know. It is a big subject. I mean, the books you can buy. Oh, my. People publish just lists of names. A very popular second-hand book. If you go to a charity shop, it's quite rare that you won't find several baby name books. I've seen some really weird ones in my time. There was one, I think it was a gift, where it had lots as well as the normal sort of A to Z of names and what they mean, it all had different lists of names, like good names for an architect. What? Good names for a Formula One driver. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, there are so many books out there that you just have to keep your ears out for names, start thinking of people, look at the credits of a programme you're watching TV and just (laughs) model those names as they scroll past. Do any of them appeal to you? That's a nice idea. I hadn't thought of that. We, um, yeah. I don't know which episode it was, but in the past I've talked about the jam jar trick that yeah. we used where you, um, you, as you think of a name, you throw it in the jam jar and then every week you go through and weed out the ones that either of you don't like the look of. That worked really well for us. I, th- I definitely think we'd, we'd do that again if we were ever having another one. So don't know how much help that is, Aaron, but do let us know how you get on. Yeah, and good luck. And uh, seven weeks will, will not take very long. No, that, that will fly by. So thanks to Aaron and to everyone else who's been in touch. People tweeting to us and about us this week include Toby Joyce, Chris Beadle, Nathan Delgrano and One-Armed Freddy. So thanks to all of you. And thanks to Wes West for the theme tune. And uh, thank you, Nick. It's been another fun week. Thank you. And, uh, well, 
see you all through episode 11 see you next week bye nick cheers bye